Recording is live. Going live now. Boop. Cut that part out. <laughs> you ready? We are live, man. We are in the movieverse. Alright. Let me just double check. Let me make sure that we are indeed. Yep. Now. And we are indeed. Alright. Start us off. Welcome, everybody, to episode three. Successfully done. We've made it to three episodes of Into the Movieverse, and um, I am happy to say that we have successfully watched Tenant together. Um, two and a half hours of amazing film uh, by Christopher Nolan. And um, this was my second time watching Tenant, and Cody, this was your first time, so yes. it was pretty fun to see you uh, reacting to all the different things that were going on, because I, I just thought it was a it was a great movie and very well done. And sometimes it could get a little bit confusing, so to be able to see you react to certain things and enjoy the movie and sort of take it apart um, really brought me back to. To that movie experience but um i'm curious to know what, what you thought of tenant um and before we kind of jump into it and, and talk about what the movie was about and sort of try to explain it in a way that makes sense okay uh first off i just want to let everybody know that uh towards the end of this we are going to do a uh quick review of the new uh venom trailer for the second movie we just watched that as well so we'll get to cover that uh when it comes to this movie I had my hopes because Christopher Nolan films are always in my top list. Inception, uh, Interstellar, they are probably, Inception definitely, like, top five movies. So I had I had high hopes, like I said, and this movie did not disappoint me. I was very satisfied with this film. I love a good thriller like this where you're, you're just trying to wrap your brain around it and everything clicks eventually. And, man, this was... I really enjoyed this movie. I had heard uh, complaints. Usually that's because people are confused, which I get. This is a very confusing movie, um, but I really like that. And I think the best way to sum it up, and this is kind of a spoiler for those who have not seen it, so if you want to jump like a 30 seconds ahead from now, I guess this is all going to be spoilers, let's be honest. Yeah, the, spoiler yeah major spoiler warning for this whole podcast, everybody. Uh, they basically are messing with the idea of inverting the way objects and people uh, go through time. So basically, there are certain objects in the world now that are going backwards in time, and people who can go or are able to go backwards in time using technology. And they use that to their advantage to either a fight from the end of it or like with certain operations have some people fight it backwards so they see what's coming to tell the people who are going to go into the fight normally through time what's what they can see like what they should expect uh, and it, it at first it's confusing but I feel like they do a really good job explaining it like the farther you go the more you understand it they don't just write from mm -hmm. the beginning explain everything which I like um yeah, and I really love the idea that, you know, because certain things are moving backwards, that the origin of all this technology is the future, in that 
the people in the future are fighting a war in the past to save the future. Uh, yeah. And it sort of almost seems like to me, once you get to the end of the movie, it sort of, it, it will always repeat itself because it seems like it's just always going to be happening. Um, and there's, I, I don't know if there's a way to get out of it, but I don't know. I, like, I'm curious to know if they come out or are working on a second one um, because the whole time inversion, we know Interstellar is, what was it, time and fate? Like, it was sort of, all the Christopher Nolan movies have some aspect of time within them. So this is time inversion. Inception was, like, time within a dream or something like that. Yeah, the time, like, in the dream world gets longer. Yeah. And then the whole interstellar stuff was just a whole other form of time. But this, like, you watch the movie from the beginning going through, and then you watch the movie backwards back to the beginning. Hmm. So it, it's it, it's pretty, like, mind-bending. So you kind of have to watch it a second time through just to understand some of the intricate, um, like, directing or story um, lines that are happening within the movie. Even now, like, after watching it a second time, like, I still get confused at certain parts. Even though I know, like, what to expect now, I still get confused. But that's the, that's the, I feel like that's the beauty of the movie. Yeah, I do enjoy movies, and I feel like Christopher, Christopher Nolan movies are always like this, where watching it a second time is another experience in itself, in that it's a movie that has, like, rewatchability, because you want to learn mm-hmm. more, and you want to... Because now, knowing what you know from the ending, you want to watch it with the knowledge you have and see things differently, you know, and catch, like, oh, I get it now, like, oh, you know, I spotted that. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of hint. Like there's so many scenes where if you're not paying attention, you'll miss a very subtle hint that's telling you what's going to happen. For example, when they're like gunning it down the highway during that um, heist, and you mm-hmm. notice that the car that they're using has a broken mirror. You know, uh, that was really cool. Yeah, they they throw in the subtle the subtle hints that like oh oh like something's going to happen, and even like with the character. And the way that he reacts to certain things, you sort of get an indication like, okay, he knows that something's going to happen here. And, you know, it's all instinctual, like they said in the beginning. But the only thing, like, the only issue I have with this movie is that I just, the audio and the way that they have it with the voice, it's so difficult to hear. Like, I have to have my TV turned up. Hmm. 60 volume or whatever just so i can hear the voice because that's that's like the main way they explain the movie and i feel like christopher nolan could at least turned up the the voices just a little bit more so i can understand what they're saying and then once an explosion or gunshot happens like your ears start bleeding because you haven't you haven't turned up all the way and then you have to turn it down and then turn it back up again so it's just Constant back and forth. Unless that's just my TV, you know. Maybe, maybe I need a, a new sound system or something. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like this isn't the first movie to do that. There's definitely movies you watch, you're like, man, why am I turning up the volume when it gets quiet? 
then you hear right. a gunshot. You got to turn it back down. I also think it's because normally, like because of the pandemic. I mean, prior to the pandemic, when you watch a movie, it's filmed and edited, and they know right away like every theater has the same sound system or something similar, so they can like change the mixer to match a theater experience. But with this, they released one version of the movie, and everyone's homes has a different sound system. Some people have headphones. Some has like crappy default tv speakers some have extra speakers and surround sound mm-hmm. so you know i feel like everyone's going to have a different experience in terms of the audio yeah i mean that's that's my only that's my only nitpick of the movie but everything else was just in my opinion masterfully done like i thought the way the, the amount of cgi work that has to go into making things go backwards yeah. like for them to do they film the people that are inverted first and then they overlay the guy in a green screen of him going through the people that are going back like how do you ha- or how they do you just do film that? like like walk they told him to walk backwards but some people are running backwards that's the thing like they're how do you run backwards like try to run backwards right now like i don't i don't think i can run backwards uh, yeah, because it's really cool how they explain it, how when you, if you're inverted, because that was a big thing you had to wrap your head around, was the fact that when when you're watching the perspective of someone who's inverted, the world is also going backwards, because they are going backwards through time, but the people who are not inverted, the people who are inverted to them, look backwards, but the world looks normal to them, because they're going forwards with time. Yeah. And that was a big, but they explain it well enough where I'm like, oh, I get it, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, the, the one confusing part was, well, they did explain it, so I, I had to remember that, was they're like, during that final battle, uh, they had to explain that the enemy also has inverted people and inverted weaponry. So when you're seeing the red team that's not inverted being attacked with inverted stuff, you're like, wait a minute, I thought they were, I thought red team wasn't inverted. They, oh, wait, that's just the weapons. Like, you can see that they, like, the inverted people with inverted weapons were, like, they'd shoot a rocket blow up blow up a building so that the rubble they so that people would walk on the rubble and then they return the rocket so that the rubble goes flying and makes everyone go you know yes yeah. it was like which was really cool and something i want to mention about this movie was that uh robert pattinson's character was probably one of my favorites besides yeah Nick. also the main actor is really good um but yeah he was an amazing side character yeah, Robert Pattinson. I mean, it really kind of seeing him in this movie um, before you know seeing him as Batman. It kind of really gives you hope because we've seen Robert Pattinson. You know, obviously Twilight is stuck to him. Like, yeah, he he can't seem to shake Twilight, but Twilight made him anyway. But I think Batman will do a good job at you know because he's an amazing actor. Even though Twilight was weird, he's a good actor in it. You know. Yeah. And he he did really like just really well. So now to see him play like a serious character, and see him take on a role that is, you know, more action, it, it makes me excited to see him uh, as Batman. Yeah, I'm so excited to see him as Batman because I think he's a great actor, and I'm, I know it's a little off topic, but with, when it comes to him in the Batman movie, I'm excited to see 
portrayal of Batman that instead of being like a veteran fighter who has these solid rules, it's like he's still young, he's still pissed off, he's he hasn't quite he's only been Batman for a year, so he's not quite there yet. And he doesn't like he hasn't solidified how he's gonna like what his code is, but also it's not like a Batman superhero movie, it's a Batman detective movie. Like boots on the ground, you know, kinda like the Christopher Nolan Batman's like more realistic fighting, not like Oh, there's Superman, like... <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, point being made, yeah, he was a great part of this movie. Uh, and I love how they... You know, you, you learn more and more about his character. Even to the, each other, he told the protagonist, which is because that's what he's called in the movie, he was like, you'll learn more about me when it's time. So... I think, um, also, we can't we can't uh, forget about Michael Caine making an appearance. It seems like he always makes some yeah. sort of appearance in the uh, in some of these action movies. Um, and Michael Caine is great. I mean, you can't go wrong with Michael Caine. Yeah, he, he, he did feel a little bit out of place, because it's getting to the point where he's so many guest characters that it's not like, oh, look at this guy he's playing. All his businessmen British guest characters are, like, the same. So you don't look at him and you're like, it's whatever the guy's name. You're like, it's Michael Caine. Like, Michael Caine. It's clearly, I don't know. I don't think he's a bad actor. I just think that he's he plays guest characters so often that I don't, sometimes I just see him and I don't see his character. I just see the actor. But I know, I think we were just, we were just discussing how the main actor who plays protagonist, and I'll go, I'll put it on stream right now. Um go to the actors list uh, on Google you got so his name is uh, John David Washington who plays protagonist the protagonist you know what also I, he's also in Black Klansman which I've watched too okay that is another it's another good movie but I feel like he makes this movie like he I really like him as an actor and I've never seen him before but you know, he's got that, like, he does a really good job of making the character have that, like, that veteran black ops agent, like, swagger, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, really good. Wait, he was, he played football? Hmm? I didn't know that. Wait a minute. His dad is Denzel oh, Washington? I just saw that right as you said that. I had no <laughs> clue. Oh my god. I didn't consider the name. Yeah, I guess so. Well, that explains his acting chops. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, hmm. Wow. No, yeah. I'm... I can see him having just as big, if not bigger, of a career than his dad. I mean, he he, he was probably the best. Really young. I mean, he was the best part of the movie, but his acting was so good. I'm going to go to IMDb now. So, yeah, IMDb, and then on our, uh... So, apparently... So, yeah, how, do they, how do they describe it? Armed with only one word, tenant, and fighting for... I can't read it. Fighting for the survival of the entire world, the protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold into something beyond real times. Uh, twilight world. <laughs> right, twilight? Yeah. Uh... 
Yeah, because the whole idea is that... It's kind of weird, because now you're wondering if it's a good thing what they're doing, because they're saying that in the future, humanity has run, like, the rivers dry, and the oceans <laughs> have, like, risen, and that the only way to save it is to reverse the entropy of the Earth so that everything goes back to the way it was before. So you're basically stopping, like, the protagonist is stopping the future from saving itself, but at the same time destroying everything else in the past. Because I guess what it would have to be, like, there's a hypothetical future in where those people would just go in reverse with the earth so like think of it as like i'm guessing that that evil population no matter how big it is they'd all put on the masks they'd all reverse the entropy of the earth they'd all go through like the what do they call that machine i don't know the the spinny roundy thing yeah spinny roundy thing and so they'd all go through the spinny roundy thing that way that the future population goes back in time with the earth as they bring it back i don't know as far back as they want to to when it's healthy and then they get out, and, and then basically the future lives their lives on a younger Earth. I, I also I, don't understand why... It, so they say armed with only one word, tenant. But we've only heard the word tenant once, and that was what the program was called. No, no, they said it multiple times, because any time he needed to find somebody who was connected, he would make the gesture. What's the gesture? Remember the, the, have you seen that on camera, the hand thing like this? Remember he said, do this and say tenant and it will open doors, good or bad? Um. And he did it multiple times. Like when he, multiple times he met people and they or him were like, I'm your tenant. But then we find out that tenant isn't just a code. It's the entire, like that the entire movie is. Remember how we learned that they do these operations where some are going back, some are going forward? Yeah. I forget what it's called, but that we find out that sure. the entire film is part of one of those big operations that he, his future self, is running. Okay. I personally, I I've made good sense of it because I don't. Th yeah, I mean, I just can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, they they made a, they did a good job explaining that the future's only way of saving themselves was to basically bring the earth like reverse the time on earth so that earth becomes younger and healthy again and they just go back with it and then you know and then the future lives out on a younger healthier earth mm. yeah and then, and then the reason they're building the code is because i guess they i don't know that's the one thing i don't get was why have the past build the device with the the algorithm Mm -hmm. should, should we look up a let's kind of explain but by the way it won one Oscar 42 wins and 133 nominations total Crazy credits. Warner Brothers and Syncope logos were represent representatively shaded red and blue, the colors used in the film to represent normal and inverted time. 
Dude, even even CNET reviewer was like, it's nice that you can have it here because it's been criti- or you can watch it at home because uh, it's been criticized for a confusing plot and it's sound mi- mixing, rendering dialogue inaudible. Oh, and the soundtrack too. I mean, you you can mention the soundtrack. Yeah, I really like the music, especially for the fight scenes, like that kitchen scene. Yeah, I think the music was really good. Um, I definitely plan on watching it again because it's like I said, it's one of those movies that you watch it a second time. It's a totally new experience. It's not like you're just rewatching to figure it out. You get to experience it from a different mindset. Which I think is really cool. So I'm just uh, I'm reading this thing. Mm. Uh, no, a favorite moment of mine was when the protagonist goes through back to normal in the Freeport, mm-hmm. and Robert Pattinson's character unmasks him and realizes it was a future version of him but didn't say anything that was pretty cool there's so many moments in this film where you know it's like a light bulb moment where you realize what's going on that's that's where you realize what was going on yeah i was saying that there's a lot of those light bulb moments in this movie that get you thinking mm-hmm. that's why i love these christopher nolan movies It's interesting that you picked up on the whole climate change thing because I didn't even pick up on that in the beginning. Yeah. Who, I didn't hear the audio. <laughs> see, if I had no problem hearing it on my end. Well, I think you well, you watched it on your computer with yeah. your headphones on, right? So I'm I'm sitting and watching it on my TV. Yeah. So it's just yeah. You know. That's that was the villain. That that's what he said. He said that in the future, the earth is run, is the rivers are dry and the oceans are rising, and so the only way to save the future was to reverse Earth so that they can make it young again and healthy. Mm-hmm. And that, and the antagonist, the Russian guy, yeah, also has uh, like what pancreatic cancer or something, so he just thinks that nobody should live if he can't, which is kind of stupid. Well, he was already working for the future, but then he realized that if he buries the, the algorithm somewhere no one knows, that if he kills himself, there's no way in the future someone can interrogate him to give it up. That if mm-hmm. he kills himself, it's set in stone. Well, it's called a temporal turnstile. Yeah. We can call it the spinning around thing. But what is, what do they, can you figure out what they call it when they do an operation where, for example. The, the temporal pincer movement? Yeah, that was so cool. Where they have to, you know, they start a fight and two teams go in at the same exact time, but one team goes in from the end, one team goes in from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, so they have the shared knowledge. And then he finds out the entire plot of the movie, like everything that was has been going on is a pincer movement of its own. Yeah, this is one of those movies that's a little hard to review right on the spot because you're still wrapping your head around it. Um, besides saying that you loved it, I personally liked it a lot. Um, what are you looking at? 
I'm just reading like some of these questions that people have. So they're asking like, who's Neil? Who's the protagonist? Like, why do they do this thing or whatever? Um, they're saying that the identity of Neil may have an extra layer. He has some similarities to Cat, which is the female um, lady, including Pattinson's dyed blonde hair and posh English accent. And he shows a level of tenderness while nursing her that suggests wow. a deeper connection. What if it's his mom? Wait, that Neil is in fact Cat. Yeah. Oh we my see god. Cat's, we see Cat's little boy, Max, during the film, who may have grown up into Pattinson and then been inverted to come back and help the protagonist defeat his vicious father. That, they think it's a theory. That it's right? his you know, son. It's a... But how far in the future? Yeah, but that's even. That sounds really plausible to me. Yeah, but why? What? So then Neil is just like a name that he has for undercover? Yeah. Because he didn't want his dad to know. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. <laughs> it's have... me. I think that's why I said, like, we become friends in the future. Like, you know me. Yeah. Well, I never considered that. That's crazy. Because I personally, now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, it makes a lot of sense. Like, you're just gonna, you're just gonna go back and watch the movie again and only focus on his character now. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it and think the whole time that's his. Like he's like, you're my stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm, I'm, I want to jump into the uh, ratings now because this one, this okay. was an interesting rating. Like when you when you pull up the uh, diagram there. Um, Where can I, where's the diagram so I can bring it up on screen? Just, just click on click on the uh, seven point four out of ten. Okay. Yeah. So it, it it's pretty high. I mean, not not many people have given it a a low score. I can understand why the score goes lower the older in age the audience is because it's probably more confusing. I don't get it. What is he saying? Yeah, that's basically. Um, I mean, yeah, under eighteen is the highest score female like for under 18 even though the female is female number is way less in every category the males gave it an 8.0 under 18 average and female 7.0 which is main that's mainly i'm guessing that's because you know guys tend to like action thrillers more mm-hmm. um most ratings see the average rating is in 25 percent put it at an Eight, twenty-one percent put it out as a seven, fifteen percent a nine, thirteen percent a ten. Only five, like only five percent of people gave it a five. Five. So to see that all the reviews are pretty high. Like, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are saying that uh, the movie is definitely a two-watcher. You know. Oh yeah. You have to watch it. It's like disappointing at first watch, masterpiece at second. And this guy gave it a 9 out of 10. I wasn't disappointed. I wouldn't say it's a disappointment. See, I feel like that's a good thing that it has a rewatchability like that, where you want to go back and watch it with the knowledge from the ending. That's interesting that if you look at the reviews, basically, I'd say a 7. I'd say like 30, almost... 
55% of the reviews are an 8 or higher. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think... Also, I think is this... Uh, this Who gave it a 1? Who gave the, This is also... I mean, to date, this is the highest rated movie we've reviewed. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I would say that IMDb gave it a fair rating. Um, I think I am, you know, from what we've seen, IMDb has been giving like a fair rating across the board for some of these movies. I tend to trust trust IMDb more than I do Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but look at the look at the Rotten Tomato. Yeah, let's switch over to that. So it's it's almost similar. So if we take if we take the IMDb score of seven point four to ten, and obviously just make it a percentage, it's basically seventy four percent. And Rotten Tomatoes gave it seventy percent. Fresh Tomatoes, which is good. I, I think it should be certified fresh, but and then an audience score of seventy six, uh, standing uh, popcorn bucket. A cerebral, <laughs> a cerebral spectacle. That sounds pretty accurate. But yeah, I mean, I feel like a seven out of ten is fair. Just because there is some moments where it just jumps like crazy, but yeah. Uh, now this is what I'm curious about. Since yep. we talked about how there's a lot of CGI, a lot of effects, maybe not that much because the um, reversed moments are—they're not scarce, but they're divided. You know, it's not like constant yeah. until the final moment. I'm curious with a so it's got a 58 million dollar budget. How much money did it make? And how much money did uh, Interstellar have? That's what I'm curious about. Interstellar, 165 million. But that's in space, so maybe that's a little harder. Yeah. So then I feel like this is closer to Inception than Interstellar for sure. Yeah. Even Inception was 160 million. So this had a this had a small budget, considering Inception was 11 years ago now. So this is ten more than ten years later, with almost a third of the budget. Maybe because it's so grounded in reality, besides some reversal stuff, it didn't need as big a budget. But when you're watching it, you don't think that. No, I think I think it looks. You know, I mean, obviously, there's no point in time where I was like, "Hey, this looks like it's CGI." You know, it it looks pretty realistic and yeah i was gonna say it's filmed really well the action is really good and i love the music um but let's see so audience score 76 i think truly re revolutionary you have to catch it a second and even the third time to really take it all in Wow, somebody said that Denzel Washington would be my choice for a lead role in this movie. His son's not good enough for you? Maybe that guy doesn't realize it's his son. He's like, yeah, he would <laughs> yeah. like, but would do. <laughs> you know? But I feel like Denzel Washington would be too old. For this. See, people Maybe. say, like, the idea behind it is a mess. But I, like, it doesn't sound messy to me. Because if you really just think about it, I, I don't want to explain it a third time because I did earlier. 
the idea of like the reversing of earth to save it doesn't sound that crazy i mean it's a movie it's not going to be realistic but sure at the beginning it's confusing but i feel like they do a good job of explaining everything yeah it explains itself the future is now or in the past six out of ten <laughs> i think uh i don't know I, I think some of the critics just couldn't understand what was going on and uh they just couldn't get behind it this guy said it was the most nolan movie ever and i'm not sure if it makes sense but i was enthralled in the nonsense um I don't know. Personally, it makes sense to me. I feel like if you spend the time to wrap your head around it, it's not too confusing. I know it's different for everybody. Um, but personally, when reviewing this movie, the ideas that are used to, you know, the, the ideas behind the time reversal are not mm -hmm. a factor when I'm reviewing this because I feel that understanding what the movie is trying to do, I feel like that's not fair to review on yeah i mean a lot of these reviews too you can see it, it sort of is based on some of the stuff about the way that it's mixed or um the dialogue or you know it's it's like look lawrence garcia tenant false fails to convince as either dramatic or action spectacle let alone a philosophical investigation but it was like I don't I don't understand where they go with those with those types of reviews. I mean, I feel like sometimes they look too deep into the movie, and this is like one of those movies where you kind of have to look at it on a surface level first, and then dive into it because you can easily get lost. Yeah, um, it's complicated, but if you pay attention, it's explained well. Yeah, I mean, so what would you um? What's what's your rating? I'm going to have to say that this is one of the best, like, like I just read a review that said, this, said the same exact thing. This is one of my favorite cinematic experiences in a very long time. Like, I was really just invested in this, and, you know, I feel like the whole movie, there's no moment where you're, you know, what time is it? Like, how long have I been here? I feel like it's yeah. really encapsulating. Um I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Ooh. I, this is a spicy film. I, I plan on rewatching this with people who haven't seen it yet. Just one to see their reactions, but also just so I can see it again and reanalyze everything. This has rewatchability. Black Widow did not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, this, this is also, I told you when I was telling you about this movie, this is probably one of my like top five or even like top three movies that I would like that, that I like to watch and um, I think just the way that it's done is is very good um, so I would I would say it's it's not perfect it's not like a 10 out of 10 um, I would probably go just a little bit above a nine maybe like a 9.2 um, just because you don't do that around I, I like to do I like to do a little like detailed yeah. uh, things. So, so what in your opinion like what what is the main problem that would not be making it a ten? 
Like, what what's keeping you from that? If I saw it in theaters with the proper mixing and, you know, was able to follow the movie the way that it was intended to be followed, then I think it would be better. But since the at-home experience, and that's sort of really the only way I can experience this movie now, um, mm. just sort of, it sort of just brings it down the level for me because it, it pulls me out of the experience to have to turn it up or you know, have to really listen hard at what they're saying. Because that that first time I watched the movie and they're in the lab and she's explaining how the, the um, inversion works with the gun, I didn't actually hear any of that audio the first time I watched the movie. So the second time around, I was really listening in on what she was saying because the first time I watched the movie, I did not hear a single word that they said. That was the and only he, scene I had a problem with because it was like... Yeah. That, to be, I just don't think that was a really bland scene because she was just like, "This is how it works. This is what's happening. This is the war." And usually, I feel like if someone saw that stuff, they'd be like, "Oh my god!" But he was just like, "All right, makes sense. How, we, how, how, how do we stop it?" Like that's that yeah. scene was just too quick for me. But well, it was also a necessary scene. I yeah. mean, could have they could have maybe spiced it up a little bit, but I feel like it was a good move. To keep it as simple as possible because um, it's it's such a hard concept to grasp. I mean, you, you have to know some form of physics or basic physics to really understand what's happening, mm. you know. And obviously, I do not understand basic physics. So. Now I want to go back and rewatch the opera scene where we see Robert Pattinson's character with the washer. Yeah. And I want to go see what he was doing. And well, that's the only time we really see him. Yeah, um, but I want to see like what side he was. I just want to like watch it again to make sense because like I forget which one he was in that scene. Yeah, the only time we see the washers is when he shoots that when he does the, the shooting. But why? Or well, he shoots the guy right that was going to shoot him with the inversion bullet. So yeah. We don't really see him like running into anything or whatever. Like you know, I don't unless you really want to dissect the scene and see if, if Christopher Nolan put a guy in there running backwards, <laughs> you know, like yeah. just just to see what happens. But um, I'm gonna say for our rating on our little movie sheet here, um, just an average of a 9.1 out of 10, one of the highest ratings we have right now. Put it at a 9.2. Well, you gave it a 9, so I can't... I have to average it out. It would bump it down. Then I'll more. come up with you to a 9.2. <laughs> there was very little I have a problem with in this movie. That, and, I don't, yeah. and I don't think that the sound issue, since only one of us had it, is worth kicking it down a full number. Um, yeah. So I, I, mean, feel like, I feel like 9.2 is fair. There's just so much going on. It's such a good, like, engaging film that I would love to rewatch multiple times. Hmm. So, um, I'll let it have it. So I, I'm going to mark this as a favorite just because, you know, yes. with a yes, rating of a I agree. It's a clear, clear favorite. And then once we actually get to, maybe when we do two more episodes and we have our top five movies, well, actually, no, let's do 10. When we do get up to 10 episodes, we'll put out our top 10 list just in case. 
Because right now, obviously, with the top five Black Widows on the bottom. Well, these aren't top five. These are just movies we reviewed recently. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, once we do like ten, I think. Well, yeah, once we do ten, we'll do a top five or something like that. Or we can do like a year of roundup, and I guess we can show everybody at the end of the year our favorite movies that we really think you should watch at the end of the year that we've seen. Yeah. Um. So do you, let's talk a little bit about that Carnage trailer. Um, Okay, and then then we'll we'll talk about some of the other stuff that's been going on. Okay, you said you haven't seen the first Venom. Personally, I've seen it. Maybe that's something we can review in the future. Yeah. um, I personally enjoyed it. It was okay. It's probably like a 7 out of 10. Uh, The first Venom had its clear flaws. But I'm excited for a second one and hoping for a Spider-Man, what do you call it, uh, Easter egg or teaser. Yeah. The trailer, for people who ha- have seen it, you know that it's kind of like goofy. Both trailers have had a goofy tone, which is weird because the first movie had a very gritty tone with like small goofy moments. So it's almost like they're taking people's advice of being like, hey, a lot of people I think saw the f- thought the first movie was a little too heavy. But I feel like with a character like Venom, it makes sense to be gritty and rough and yeah, which is weird. So most great. people I've talked to who saw the first trailer, they didn't like how goofy Venom was. Like Venom was making breakfast with Eddie and making a mess, and that was like the intro to the trailer. And a lot of people thought that was very unlike his character. Hmm. But I was trying to vouch that maybe, uh, you know, Venom's new to this world. He's living with a human. It's weird. It's different. You know, right. he's just having fun right now. So, you guys should let us know in the comments if you have seen the Venom trailer, what you think about it. Are you excited for it? Personally, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it because I thought the first one was decent. Uh, it's one of those weird Sony projects where it's so separate from everything else that it feels yeah. it feels very isolated, but feel like it's gonna be worth a watch especially if we get to see some hint that in the future venom will cross paths with spider-man in the mcu hopefully and we'll see i think that's what people want um especially with the newer spider-man um and not just you know obviously we've seen him with the old spider-man like venom specifically but um yeah, I mean, I I, I want to watch Venom. I just haven't really, you know, found it anywhere. I don't know what streaming platforms it's on. Um, Me neither. I I, let me see. It, it didn't catch my eye at first. Um, but I like Tom Hardy, so, I mean, I, I'll, I'll watch it. I think he's I think he's a good actor, so yeah, it's the f- only fair. Oh, my God. The, why is the budget so big? Oh, that's box office. Never mind. I was like, Jesus. Um, I don't. I'm trying to see where you can find it. Venom is. Aha! It is on. Uh, Sling subscribers. It is on Hulu. It is on Amazon Prime. It's on Hulu. It is on Hulu. Uh, the first one got a 6.7 out of 10 IMDb. 
it got 30% Rotten Tomatoes. 37? 30%. Is that fresh or like the splat? I'm guessing it's a splat, but 88% of Google users liked this movie. So look, a tomato move, tomato meter, a, a 30, oh, it is, it is a Rotten it's a 30% splat, but an 81% audience score. Audience score, yeah. So I hate when that happens because it's like that's when you're like critics. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Um, that's interesting. And I was also doing an update on just to see like now that Black Widow has been out for a while, what the score was. Um, I don't recall what it was. Uh, has it and... changed at all since we reviewed it? So I want to check. I'm gonna go check that right now. Let me see. Let me just pop on over to our YouTube channel and yeah, to the movie let's go there. See if I can find it here. Hmm. Trying to see if Black Widow's still in theaters. Uh, 81% Rotten Tomatoes, which is, in my opinion, generous. I think we both think agreed on that. It, oh, it, ha it actually has changed. So, I mean, at the time that we reviewed it on you know, a few days ago, um, or not a few days ago, like last week or two weeks ago, whenever I watched, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, 80% tomato meter, it's gone up by 1%, and the audience score has stayed the same. So, I mean, when we reviewed it, it didn't really have much of a, much to go off of, because we jumped the, we jumped on the bandwagon pretty early. Yeah, it was just, I, I'm just going to call out this. I found this user review on Google that I just want to call out. Because most people, I think, remember Captain America, The Winter Soldier, being a very, very popular Marvel movie. Yeah. You know, it was the, I feel like it was the catalyst for Civil War and that, that political atmosphere. Um, this guy said Black Widow was just as good as Captain America, The Winter Soldier. <laughs> It wasn't a bad movie. We talked about this. Um, yeah. It's just, it's got serious flaws for, you know, giving, you know, it had a lot of flaws for a movie that had two years of delays in preparation time, and it's not bad. It's just, it's not great. But it's, it's interesting to see that it has 81 certified fresh. Which obviously we don't we don't agree with because we agree with I think we agree more with IMDb which was six point nine out of ten and yeah. a seven is fair but an eight that's pretty high yeah um, um so you know if you haven't seen that podcast episode pop over to the YouTube channel and just watch it there because um you know we we just go into it a little bit more yeah um and then let's see oh obviously. To tie in that news, she's uh, has her lawsuit with. Um, I know I heard about this. Disney. So, and she's suing it, suing Disney because of the Disney Plus release. Um, just to boil everything down, you can do your own research. Um, she's suing because in the contract um, with Disney she was supposed to get a cut of the theatrical release um, box office numbers, and she felt like that the contract was breached because of the launch um, alongside 
because of the Disney Plus launch alongside the theatrical launch. So she's like, well, hey, now you're pulling away people from going to the movie theaters, so you're pulling away revenue from me, and you're just taking 100% of the revenue from your streaming platform while also building the streaming platform. Um, Yeah, I that was one of I think I mentioned this in the Black Widow episode, was this thing, I thought it would be fair if if you're going to have a streaming platform, you're going to release movies right away on there. At least give movies a week or two, so that initial I have to see it hype can be theater revenue, you know? Because I feel like, personally, I like going to the movies better, so I really don't... It's not that I care that, you know, I have the option. The option's nice that I don't have to go to the theater, but it's making all this drama, and it's also... I'm afraid that it'll affect theater revenue to the point where you know we see less movies in general going to coming to theaters first and theaters close like i don't i really don't want streaming to become the main thing for movie releases i want theaters to stay so releasing it at the same time i feel like just like um, scarlett johansson said it's affecting a lot of people and also, the the movie grossed sixty million on Disney Plus alone during its opening weekend um, in theaters against an eighty million dollar domestic haul in theaters. Hmm. So I mean, it's made twenty million less, but you know, I feel like I feel like theaters won't go away just because people like that experience. And, you know, a lot of the time, obviously, movies are made for that movie experience. Yeah, we Um, talked about that in Black Widow, how there's a lot of moments, like comedy moments, where you're expecting an audience laugh because the movie's edited for theaters, so then you don't get it. Yeah. And now, you know, I think this lawsuit for other actors is huge because, you know, they have to take into consideration the streaming platforms and... They should put that in a contract now saying, you know, I'm going to get a cut of theater and streaming or, you know, they, they need to work something out in a way that um, they can benefit from the streaming platform as well. Not just Disney. I was going to say, they made $60 million on streaming. They can't give any to her. But also, like, how much money is she making? Didn't they say, like, $20 she million? Also, yeah, she got $20 million up front. Jeez. I mean, at that point, I wouldn't even care if I got cuts from theater i'd be like 20 million in one movie i can retire i know that's not how it is yeah i mean you know you're paying for a big name and i feel like if you put all this work into the movie and yeah you're getting 20 million dollars like you know if we got 20 million dollars we would just retire and never do anything ever again but um it's all the all the work that she has to put into the movie um I, i can understand why she would be upset yeah. And it's also, you know, it's, it's also kind of just bad for Disney to say to an actress that they've had for so long on Marvel movies, and she's such a huge face within the Marvel community, um, to do something like that to her, that's also just kind of a, l- a little slimy, and, and it's, it's not a good look for Disney. Yeah, you'd think that they would make some sort of deal where even if they brought down... Her percentage 
of revenue in the theater version so that it adds up with the streaming version you know that make, like let's say for example she's making whatever five like five percent of whatever it makes in theater she gets and then right now she's making nothing in streaming they should have been like all right we'll give you two percent of what streaming makes and three percent of what theater makes you know what i mean because at this yeah. point unless they do a compromise like that at least then they're basically telling her like we are making a product and selling it that you are part of and you're not making any money any money imagine just being an actor and not making money on a show you know just it must have been in her i wonder if it's in her contract and she didn't realize it yeah i mean now people are because jungle cruise is coming out and i don't know i don't know if you're interested in jungle cruise <laughs> is, what kind of movie is jungle cruise let's look this up it's it's uh dwayne johnson's oh boy oh boy <laughs> New Disney movie. Ay ay ay. It it already is uh it has a sixty three percent fresh tomato on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Six point seven on uh IMDB. Uh I mean, will I watch it? Probably, maybe. I'm I'm kinda curious as to what it is. I was gonna uh, say, is this a new story or a cartoon or something. It's, it's based on Disneyland's theme park ride, where a small riverboat takes a group of travelers through a jungle filled with dangerous animals and reptiles, but with a supernatural element. Like, okay. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not your type of movie. Yeah. Um. But, you know, we don't have to watch it together. We can just totally just... You can watch it on your own time if you wanted to. I feel like uh, there's definitely some movies that are less high profile, something like this, that we yeah. should have. I think eventually we'll have like a mini series where you know we have our normal big reviews and podcast every other week, and then during that like that week gap, we release like you know kind of like a rapid fire or like a mini quick review on something that is maybe less interesting to the general public mm -hmm. and just be like you know like here's a quick 15 minute review on what's it called the jungle cruise yeah actually so it says what what is jungle cruise movie based on it's inspired by the story of amanda knox an american who spent four years in an italian prison before being exonerated She's criticized the movie, claiming the filmmakers and stars of Stillwater are profiting off her ha off her name and glamorizing the struggle of her wrongful murder conviction. Hmm. That's interesting. And Jack White, Jack Whittle, Jack Whitehall, the uh, uh, English comedian, is in it. Jesse Plemons, I think we've seen him in the. Jack Whitehall. I'm gonna look at him now. I don't recognize him. Jesse or uh, Jesse Plemons, he was in El Camino, The Breaking Bad. He's in Breaking Bad. He looks familiar, but I don't recognize this guy. Paul Giamatti. Oh, yeah. actually, I, I want to add him. Uh, so, do we want to give the people maybe a hint, or are we even aware of what we want to do for our next review? I what mean, I like Chi coming out. When is Shang Chi coming out? That's the real question. I have no idea. Um, Shang. How do you spell it? 
There's a lot of there's a lot of movies, you know, right in our list. September third. We have a month. Um, a lot of movies in our list right now. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to take it to an older movie. Um, we haven't really obviously discussed what the hell's going on. Um, we could talk about you know because now you have. HBO and some of the other HBO movies. That's true. Yeah, or the Justice League and the Schneider Cut of Justice League. I um, did watch that. So I don't think I want to watch the Schneider Cut all the way through again. You know, just no. it's four hours. I feel like that's a little bit. I feel like we don't have to review that. And people but I, I, I do like, want to look at. Or yeah, we, we don't have to review it. I was just gonna I, say because I feel I feel like the general consensus is it's a better version. Of the original, yeah. and that's the, that's basically we're gonna spend an hour talking about how it's better than the original. Don't watch the original, watch this. Yeah, there you go. I watched Rabbit the original. Review. Watched the original on an airplane once, and I was just like, "What the hell is going? On? What is this?" Yeah, it was a mess. <laughs> and I was forced to watch it because there was nothing else on. So, yeah. um, we could watch. You know, I haven't watched Fight Club in a while. Fight Club's good. Um, I know Top Gun Maverick is coming out soon. That I'm um, interested in. I think Rotten Tomatoes had a, a thing saying it was not so good. Um, Let me see. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff we already, just so everyone knows, like we have a whole list of movies we've discussed that are going to be possible reviews. Some classics, some new ones. Some like cold classics, some films that we love that are maybe not that popular. I really wanted you to see Wheelman, by the way. That's coming out in 2019, so you know, we should just hold off on Top Gun for a little bit. Wheelman, yeah. yeah, we could check that out. I mean, actually, that was interesting because you said it was taking place like in a car, yeah, so. that's one of those inter interesting perspective kind of films. Um, yeah, that's something I feel like we should definitely. Also, Suicide Squad comes out in streaming, streaming for 31 days, starting in three days from now. On what? It is on HBO Max. Do you want to... Wait, when does that come out? Three days. Hot Mess starts in three days. Three days? Yeah. We can, we can review that next, honestly. Yeah, we could. We can do the Suicide Squad. I mean, didn't the other Suicide Squad come out, and it was just kind of like, eh? The first one. Or is this going to be taken after, like, Birds of Prey? I never watched that either. I, I, didn't, just, I didn't watch Birds of Prey either. Um, I don't know much about this one. I've seen all the trailers. I know it's going to be... It's basically... It's by James Gunn. He's a director, and, you know, he made... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, it's just going to be one big, goofy mess. That's basically what it's going to be. Yeah, well... we'll yeah. All right. I'm not, so I'm not expecting episode. a good story. I'm expecting, like... Next episode... We will do Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Which will which will be good. That that will be will be good. Um anything else you'd like to add for just in general for movie news or, or anything like that? No, I can't think of anything else that's going on. I mean, there, there are a lot of films coming out. I feel like Tenet was a good one to get out of the way because even though it's older now, it was affected. I mean, by, it's only like a year older. 
Yeah, <laughs> but that was one of those. It was gonna come out in 2019, and then COVID delays, and then <laughs> then it only got released on streaming, and everyone was mad about that. Right? Or was it in theaters too? No, I think since it was COVID, it was. I was gonna say screen. one thing I want to mention. I think Tenet, which is I think another good reason to watch it, was because you know, I think it was the first real theatrical thing that was like affected by the pandemic yeah i feel like when this movie was about to come out and it got delayed then this was the first movie to really have that streaming controversy which i think might have affected the reviews yeah i mean i think i think the reviews were mostly obviously affected by just people not understanding the concept but you know if you're watching this live stream or if you're just watching this video back and you're seeing okay you know it's a two-time watch then watch it twice um i mean even the stuff that we've talked about in this episode you're still going to be confused anyway so (laughs) you know don't don't take like the spoilers to heart because you're still going to be confused as to what's even happening in the movie so just watch it once twice three times really understand it and just know that like this movie is it's it's high it's high level it's, it's just uh, yeah. I think it's really good and I think the, the critics were too harsh on it and should have just been a little bit more open minded I feel like we can easily we can end this podcast with basically just saying like final final review Tenet 9.2 out of 10 mm-hmm. must watch probably watch yeah. twice because it's going to be a fun experience the second time as well uh Go see Tenet. If you haven't seen it, 100% worth the watch. You'll really enjoy it. And um, we will we will do Suicide Squad next. We'll do the new one. Yep. And, and uh, so tune in for that next. Maybe, I mean, we sit down for 30 days. Yeah, that kind of falls within our, our bi-weekly thing. Um, but, yeah, stay tuned for that. And um, keep your eyes peeled for when the, we go live on on Twitch for uh, Suicide Squad. Alright, sounds good. Alright, thank you everybody for listening or watching, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode of Into the Movieverse. Episode 4. Episode 4!